1: Hey everybody! Welcome to Reporting Is Eligible. Uh, I'm Paul Noonan. Do you remember when we used to start this podcast and I would tell what number it was every time? Kind of missed that. I think it's maybe my fault we lost um, <laughs> both both for that and also for putting the lateral thing into the world. Like, there's a part of me in the back of my brain that thinks if I never started talking about laterals, that the Lions would not have run that lateral play, and then they wouldn't have picked up a first down, and the Packers would have gotten the ball back, and all would be right with the world. So sorry. Are about you that.
2: aware of Are you aware of the Bader Meinhoff phenomenon?
1: Uh, where you think that you are more competent than you are?
2: No, the no, that's um, uh, that's Dunning Kruger. That's <laughs> uh, the, that is Dunning Kruger. That's correct. Uh, Bader Meinhoff phenomenon is when you are made aware of a new piece of information and suddenly it becomes more relevant. Yeah, like when you buy a car and you suddenly see that car everywhere.
1: Yep. 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 It's, I'm sure that is the case. And like we, we started talking about it and Drew McGarry wrote an article like immediately afterwards. But uh, I'm 100% sure that there aren't any more laterals this year than there have been in the past, and it's just noticeable. You're right about that. though I actually, um, I was playing with Chat GPT this week and because it's awesome. And uh, I, like in 2018, I, I did that project where I figured out the EPA of all of the plays after timeouts. Um, to sh- to prove that the Packers were wasting timeouts and that Andy Reid was awesome, and it took me like months to learn how to do R and code it and stuff like that. And uh, I asked Chat GPT if it could just write the R code for that, and it did it in thirty five seconds. And uh, so <laughs> now I think I can do a lot of other stuff. So I actually will find out if there are more laterals or not because that's easy. Um, and I'm Jr. Yes, but you can call yes. me <laughs> <text> now, but- <laughs> God, I was so hoping you would do that. I, I was too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should maybe we should maybe we should do one last introduction here even though i'm sure most people who are listening still listening about packers content, they know who we are yeah. they do they know who we are
1: we probably should i did me uh in urban wauwatosa as you hey feel.
3: it's jr radcliffe training sports reporter for the milwaukee journal Sentinel. aaron rouse yeah. has won an election in virginia former packers cornerback yeah. is he- now an elected uh holy crap elected to the state senate district Seven in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, that happened like as we're recording. Yep. So I just want to put this. <laughs> seems like the office.
2: The office has ruined state senatorship for me. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm in a lot of things. <laughs> um, This was this was the first time I've been to Lambeau Field to watch a Packers game in 15 years as a fan. Uh, I figured this out. I think this is accurate. I'm not actually 100% sure the last time for sure. But uh, 15 years, froze. My wife, a Lions fan, had a great time. Just a tremendous time. <laughs> Loved every minute of it. Uh, you know, like, there were some ebbs and flows for her as well. But uh, she is someone who was not as crushed as, as I thought she'd be when the Seahawks won to eliminate the Lions from the playoffs. That was as we were walking into Lambeau Field. She then uh, joined her Lions pride as they uh, as they descended to the lower level of the bowl after the game was over the Lions Lions players were fired up the Lions fans were fired up it was quite the scene honestly it was kind of like you if I tried to remove myself from the moment and was like this is kind of amazing if I was a Detroit fan I'd feel really really great about tonight Uh, of course I'm not a Detroit fan but my my (laughs) wife is happy and that's what matters how was the crowd. So it's very having not been there in fifteen years. It's difficult for me to truly assess what the crowd was like. The crowd around me seemed fine. I mean, I was chiseled into like a sardine, you know, because chiseled into my seat because everybody's wearing several layers. It's you know, it, it, the seating is what it is. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I couldn't speak for them. I was never as emotion. I was not emotionally engaged into that game. I was not terribly sad that it was over. I was not terribly surprised when the lions you know clinched it like it, nothing felt nothing felt just emotion. The the, the the one exciting moment was when he threw a bomb and i could tell that christian watson was probably going to was gonna have a really good chance to catch it and he did that was the one exciting aspect i would say but otherwise i i wasn't personally feeling it i don't know if that speaks to the crowd around me or just my own mental state or trying not to be over the top Packers fan while uh you know, I'm not an over the top Packers fan anyway, to yeah. be completely honest. But then but then you've got, you know, my wife is the Lions fan and I'm trying to be courteous. Sure. So. Uh, so, yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I I did not. That was not an electric fan experience for me. I'll, that's all I can say. It's just my personal thing. It was not an electric fan experience for me. I think the crowd was OK. OK,
1: I watched in a bar, so it seemed subdued. But we also didn't have the sound on really well. So not hard to tell from my. Values, according
2: like. to the, according to the Twitter dot com, it was a pretty lively crowd at first.
1: Ah, OK. Also, Matt, did you introduce yourself?
2: My name is Matt. You can call me Matt oh, i packing. We mean, we were general, total, just a rabble rouser. Also, uh, I was on last call Lambo on Thursday. Yes, you were. Which, yes. Nice work. Yeah if, you, it, yeah, if people aren't aware of that, it's it's essentially a drinking game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like a real one, not like when I tell people to drink. Um, and we made bets, and I lost two of them. Uh, one was uh, score prediction, the other being that the Packers would win. But the third bet I won, I bet that Jamal Williams would uh, break the uh, Barry Sanders touchdown record. He needed two touchdowns to do it. He got them. So I am paying up here since I'm not going to be on Thursday.
1: <laughs> All right, this shot number one. Did, oh, oh, geez. Okay, this podcast just got well. Uh, shot number two. I guess. That did you
3: a, parlay that with Quay Walker getting ejected? For this I time? did not parlay <laughs> that
2: with Quay Walker getting ejected. But that is um, it's two shots of tin cup ten year bourbon you guys are my witnesses since yeah. it's an audio podcast
3: he's audio doing movie. it you no know, you don't have to take I, shots on an I just audio did, no
2: i just did i just did both of them and now i'm going to enjoy the bourbon that i just shot okay
3: all right oh god um so i i thought the lions played very well um it didn't it wasn't like a wow there's playmakers all over the field other than jameson williams someday uh but uh <laughs> it, it just comes out to like Penny Sewell is a monster. Yep. Their, their, their offensive line is really good. And, uh, I mean, like, I, I don't want it to, I'm not even going to try out effort or anything, but like the lions, honest to God, they just kind of wanted it more, yeah. you know, like they were a the aggressor. This was and a trench game. It totally was
1: the effort trench game and their trenches were better uh, on both sides of the ball. And th- that was really what decided it. I, it was such a, like last year when the Packers shat the bed in the playoffs, um, it, like Dennis Kelly could take a lot of the blame. The offensive line was all beat up. Like they just got manhandled here. This was the offensive line that they kind of want uh, for the most part. Everybody was healthy and playing, and they got owned. Like the the Packer offensive line was just terrible, and the Lions offensive line was just they were after it. They were mauling people. Um, like Jamal Williams and Dondre Swift each had like six double di- like carries that gained double digit yards. It was insane. They were they were they were outstanding. <laughs> also, they deserve it.
2: The Lions have a pretty good offensive line and a terrible right guard and they knew how to disguise him hit him yeah so the packers don't know how to disguise their terrible i guess when you have two bad linemen you can't really disguise it
1: no no but in this game they didn't you know they have in the past they are bad at well normally
2: runyon runyon and myers were both uh less than serviceable I would say in this game they but were, I don't know if they're that's they're
1: not just... normally they're normally yeah. fine. John Runyan was great this year. He allowed like zero pressures until this game and he allowed two in this game.
2: Fair. Does he get credited with the uh pressure on the final interception?
1: Um, I don't know. I, um, I think AJ Dillon actually just eats that whole one,
2: right? Te- like technically, it is AJ I, was supposed to have the blitz pick up and missed it, but I don't know if they credit alignment. I with...
1: think if you're grading this game, it's all Dillon, and like you, you can't put a pressure on a lineman there. That wasn't his responsibility. If they do that, that's stupid.
3: Um, fascinating to me that in a game at home with playoff implications, win or go home, you could have two personal like unsportsmanlike conduct penalties that's baffling to me obviously
1: insane Insane uh, penalties not normal not like right okay rasul's was normal no it wasn't it 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 wasn't not normal
2: okay so here's here's the true story of what happened with rasul he
3: tweeted it so
2: no well, did rasul tweet i don't follow he
3: tweeted about knocking the ball away and go ahead explain it yes so so
2: the the play is blown dead Razul walks up, and he wants to stop the ball from being snapped because he doesn't want the kicker to get a practice kick. Yes, correct. To allow the icing of the kicker to actually work. He he goes to stop the ball. The center snaps it. Anyway, he gets pushed by a lineman. He turns around, pushes the lineman. By hitting him in the face, flat palms him right in the dome uh, penalty. Yes. But on the, on the TV coffee, all you see is a penalty after he touches the ball. And people are like, what the hell's going on? And then... They're on the broadcast going, well, there were whistles. I don't understand
1: what's... (laughs) But, okay, that's fine. But him doing that in the first place was insane. Like, it was him casually walking down the middle of the line of scrimmage and casually whacking the ball away is insane. Look, the the
2: best way to get away with something like that is to act like you've been there or act like you belong there. And so him casually walking down the line...
1: I've never seen anybody do that before. This was not a good time to start. And, again, (laughs) if you're going to do that and get pushed... Uh, the proper response is to fall down don't on pull. the ground really hard and
3: not retaliate <laughs> back. So, again, yeah, the, the
2: Packers don't take dives like everyone else
3: takes dives and the Packers don't go. oh <laughs> It turned a difficult field goal into an easily made field goal. Yes. And uh, 47
1: at Lambeau on this day was
3: not. A well, and he he had already missed from 46. Yes, he had. Right. So- Badly. Um, just, you just can't do it that I don't, I don't care what his circumstances were or what he thought, but like, honestly, I, I'm I'm with you, Paul, I think it's too much of a risk. There's no reason to get in there and try to just, I I get what you're trying to do. Stop them from getting a free, you know, a practice kick, but like, I don't know. That's, that's like, that's like technically in in the zipper merge, you should go both lanes to the very end. And, (laughs) and nine times out of 10, I do that. But when I see a crazy person like driving next to me and they're big, you know, souped up for you know massive truck I'm, I'm not gonna cut that person off at the last second it's just smart it's just this is not the situation yep. I, I feel like in this Beg situation on that one. as important as this game was he couldn't let that happen and then quay walker pushing obviously he pushed the trainer and, and he's gotten a lot of shit for that deservedly he has apologized it was an acceptable good, apology good I apology think.
1: It, that yeah
3: for everybody who yeah. apologizes
1: in the future that's how you should apologize it, i was i was stupid it was my fault i'm sorry i hurt that guy i'm sorry i hurt my team and yep. I won't do it again. That's how you should apologize.
3: All well and good. However, this is the second time he's been ejected. So he should already be mindful of this, that this is something that he needs to be wary of and careful of. It was, a rep- I mean, a reprehensible action, given given where we are in the NFL and also, obviously, in the game, it was costly. And then you're missing a defensive player for the second half of the game who is very important. I mean, I- obviously, he's been up and down this year, but you, can't- you cannot be without him. No, you so- can't.
2: Uh, Quay probably would have been in the zone that the hitch that ended the game was caught.
3: A hundred percent, exactly what I thought when it happened. They could use one more linebacker right there yep. to keep that from so to that, keep that, that from being a problem.
2: That likely would have been Quay's zone. Um, did you see the the tunnel video?
1: Yeah, with him crying. Yeah, I saw it.
2: Did you? I mean, you don't have to be a lip reader to see that he's saying something along the lines of like, "Why did I do this again?" Yeah. He says again, or I did this before, or twice, something like he.
1: Yep. He, yeah, it was very Knives Out-y. It was, you know, ransom. I, or, no, okay. I haven't right. seen Knives
2: Out. I'm I'm under the age of forty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that they say like the forty
3: plus year old white guys' favorite
2: movie?
3: Uh,
1: yeah, I mean that checks out. But also,
3: it's, <laughs> it. no, it's it's Oppenheimer, which hasn't come out yet, but it will be forty year old white guys' favorite movie. Yeah. Um. And, and, and I mean, I can understand that he recognizes it in the moment, and that's fine. But he he needed to it's too late damage done you you screwed up and even even besides
1: quay not being there for the play that scored it turned a second and eight into a first and four and Mm -hmm. if you hold them to a field goal there which on second and eight you're looking pretty good to get a good fourth down shot at nothing else like that's such a much better situation first and four they're just going to do what they do and ram it up the middle with jamal williams three times which they did and it worked so um it cost them heavily on that drive too yeah also, that that
2: just entire series of events, uh, Jaron Reed with the forearm right. to Swift's
3: face. Yeah, Devonte Wyatt getting Devonte Wyatt getting in there was a problem. Yep,
2: and, and and that's the thing. So Quay pushes the official, and then Wyatt's first reaction is to chest bump the same guy.
1: <laughs> Not good. Bad look.
2: Like I get that you guys played together in college, and we can ha- like no one believes the I was checking on Swift thing, right?
1: No, I, d- I mean I, I I even if it's true like you're not throwing medical guys off of him you know there was a
2: there was a pause
1: it's not a medical guy elbows his way
2: in quay looks at him for a second then pushes him
1: like (laughs) like like (laughs) who did he think he was a guy who ran in off the sideline like what's the plausible explanation for this there is not one
2: now to to crap on the people that say that this is a habitual thing of violence and he has aggressive outbursts and he's a danger to himself and others and he deserves a year suspension and all that other crap that's going around so with, you're
1: crapping on Mike that's
2: yeah so I'm it. crapping on Mike Tanner in his stupid hat and his terrible goatee uh-huh. um, he refuses to talk about the fact that Quay's first instance was retaliation to a guy wearing uh not just street clothes it was a practice squad tight end who came up and pushed Quay from behind, and he turned around and pushed him back. Yeah. Now, don't push people in street clothes. Just there you go. Um,
1: I think it's, but, enough to, it's enough to say that there's context. There are there's context. different there, situations, yeah. however, um, it's box score.
2: It's box score watching. Context he's, goes he's, both
1: ways too, and Quay should be extra special careful because of that as well.
2: Yeah. Mm. But but yeah, the first one it was just. Also, this is not the week to push medical personnel no
1: it's
3: really bad timing very bad timing yep and I I can I mean I can forgive him in the moment for not being able to assess all of that in one in one fell swoop but again if you were just mindful of of your tendencies you, you just don't push people when you have a chance to get a penalty that could cost your team a win and uh that's you know you don't know if it directly cost them a win but it definitely didn't help uh also you had the interceptions which were one was overturned by a hands to the face penalty yeah no wait Oh, yeah, no, that's what it was. No. I did not see that live. I never even saw a replay. But my understanding is not that they got a little bit of a gift there. Yeah, the I
2: don't think. So. Um, the Pride of Detroit guys all agreed that it was hands to the face and legitimate. Did so they really? It.
1: Okay. Yep. This was me watching in a bar again. But I was like, so you, you guys oh, need That's, to, a, that's it, a harsh call there.
2: <laughs> every, okay, I'm of the other SB Nation blogs. I would say Pride of Detroit is the one I'm closest with. I have legitimate friends who write for Pride of Detroit. Go follow Jeremy, he's Detroit Online. Um yeah. and he was straight up, he was like I want to be upset but those calls are legitimate.
3: Okay. Hmm. Yeah, and I know the holding that brought back the touchdown was it sounded like that was legitimate in the moment as well. It was a, it, that it was one... a
2: It was a rock bottom. He literally had arm around neck and choke slam. That one was legit.
1: It was one of those where you did that right in front of a ref. There's no way that they're not going to
3: call it. Okay. Yeah, definitely did not realize that until the play was long over that there was a flag at all in the stadium. (laughs) Um, and, And then there's just this offense just doesn't have it didn't have it this year. When they get into the red zone, they it's the RPO stuff. They, they gummed it up. They had a, a chance on the first drive to cash something in. They did not do it. Uh They went away from Watson, which I don't know. Your mileage may vary on whether or not that's a good thing. I'm not sure, but like, <laughs> it's definitely I, bad. It's definitely a bad thing. Just so wild that they can't score when they get down into that red zone. They just can't punch it in this year. They just couldn't punch it. in. I, I haven't even started using past tense, but I should, because, uh, well, we'll we'll talk about how past tense later on here, but uh, yeah, what's what Indeed. stage of
2: grief are you in here?
3: I'm just uh, uh, really quick on the the
1: RPO stuff by the end zone. Like, I I am actually pretty mad at Matt Lafleur for this particular one because. Everybody else has improved, like, to some extent over the course of the season. Like the defense had all their stupid brain farts and were hitting people for no reason. But the defense gave up twenty points to a really good offense. They played pretty well. Um, you know, Keyshawn Nixon has improved special teams. Special teams is generally better than it was. And they they have this problem in the red zone where they're the 24th best team at turning red zone possessions into touchdowns, and they keep running the same stupid play over and over again and never, ever, ever change it. And they did it in this game again, and it drives me insane. And, like, scout that better. The Lions are getting down in the the red zone, and they line up under center, and they run power forward, and they give it to Jamal, and he always gains a yard and a half. Like, you can do that. You have two running backs who can do that. (laughs) Just do that.
2: I do, I do want to bring up one point of the um, uh, shotgun off-tackle fourth down call to A.J. Dillon uh-huh. into a nine-man box.
1: Yes, that was into a nine-man box.
2: Um, And all A.J. had to do when everybody dove into the middle was he just bounced it out. To outside. the outside. There was
1: You are right about that. There was room Why there. There was can't a, he do that more often? It was a bad run, but also you don't have to run into the nine-man box. You can check to a pass on the nine-man box. That's also I fine. I just dropped my microphone. Yes, you did
2: um so okay no but like why can't he make that decision he's literally not, he's, every other
1: time he's not that good he's <laughs> but he's also better from under center like that's I, I don't like him in the RPO game Aaron Jones is better for that role he is better at catching passes he's better in pass protection in fact if he's in the game that bomb to Watson probably isn't an interception because Aaron Jones probably makes the right read because he's better there so um like uh, LaFleur deserves uh, I mean maybe Aaron Rodgers just loves that play um but again you're the head coach do something else install a different package you've had all season to know that this sucks stop
3: it i don't know if they have any chance of keeping aaron jones this year but uh if they if they if they think they're going to compete i man it's going to be tough to they can't they can't hand the keys over to aj dylan it's just he's just not as good and aaron i know
2: Aaron Jones is due like 15 million next year.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's happening, right? There's no they, way.
1: They would have to do an extend and restructure um which was the plan with this contract. But uh, if they're they're doing full cut bait, they can't do that. If they're not, if they're trying to going to try and run it back, they do kind of need him. And I hate paying running backs more than anybody else in the world. But Aaron Jones is is like the best running back in football and this offense will get noticeably worse without him.
2: Did you see my argument against keeping Aaron Jones in the Slack chat earlier today?
1: I didn't, but uh, there's lots of them. So, yeah, what was it?
2: Um Aaron Jones is a phenom. There's no argument about that. However, his usage is wrong. Um <laughs> his a- his average depth of target yeah, yeah. throughout the season was negative that. 0.2 yards and he accounted for negative 87 air yards. He did. over the season. So he lost an average of half a yard every game um, in his targeting. And so he has almost 100 more yards after completion than he does total yards. Total yards,
1: yeah. And that's not Aaron Jones' fault necessarily because he has the check down option a lot. But, right, uh, but what
2: I'm, what I'm saying is if, if you remove the option, if the temptation is gone...
1: Oh, Aaron will still the, check it down to somebody else. That's <laughs> He's happy to miss A.J. Dillon in the flat four times a game. That, <laughs> not a problem for him.
3: Um you you wrote this in the in the rundown but I think maybe one frustration Packers fans might be feeling here is that it's not uh, Detroit played well but their offense did not dominate this game like they're capable of doing. Uh their defense was good, you know Kirby, Kirby Joseph continues to be a problem and Aiden well, Hutchinson is pretty impressive. Yeah. But like you know, it's not like <laughs> Very winnable game, you know, just a, an absolutely Nobody... winnable game. And even though the Lions played well, they they aren't special yeah. necessarily.
1: They're not. Nobody else has trouble scoring on the Lions. Like, it's only us that has trouble scoring on the Lions. <laughs> it's only the Packers that have trouble with Kirby Joseph, who has four interceptions on the year. <laughs> uh, five, uh, you know, five if you count the one that got taken away. Three of them are of Aaron Rodgers. The only other person he intercepted all season was Daniel Jones. He played against Justin Fields twice. He played against Kirk twice. You know, there, there were lots of teams that have bad interceptable quarterbacks that Kirby Joseph did not intercept at all. Zach Wilson, How many- he played against Zach Wilson.
2: <laughs> How many interceptions does Aiden Hutchinson have? Uh, at least two. Um. Yeah, that's like two I can think of. But I thought it was—I thought it was like three. Yeah. Like I thought Hutchinson had almost as many interceptions as. Because <laughs> some... he has
1: three, he is second on the team with three. interceptions. Yeah, there's there's some stupid stuff. And one of like those, like... of course, was Aaron Rodgers on the Bakhtiari play. So. Yeah,
2: but he's like the first rookie to ever have ten sacks and three interceptions or some crap like that. Like there's some like random-ass statistic that, like, there people are using for his defensive rookie of the year campaign
1: that sounds about right 9.5 sacks and 3 three picks on the year
2: yeah i think it's only ever happened like one time before
3: he's good for me <laughs> For me, this concludes the season and, and we've talked about it the whole year. They they outside of maybe the Minnesota game, and I think even that is arguable, they never played a complete game. No. They never they, they didn't win by double digits when they won. They were frequently in tight situations, clawing, scratching, not finishing drives. This game was absolutely another example of that. And and where they have had success is that lately They've had the interceptions. They've had flash plays from the defense, turnovers that aren't necessarily sustainable, but were working in the short term, and special teams. And you didn't have these things in, in in this game. You know, the special teams was whatever. They they weren't like outwardly bad, but you had Mason hitting a shot off the crossbar, so close. Um, yes, I mean, and he made long ones, a had, couple long ones too, like for he, a guy that old. He, he, Mark Mason had
1: a good game. That was
3: it a, was hard ass, yeah. To ask. yeah.
2: He barely shorted it from fifty three in the cold
1: in the wind. Yeah. I'm fine with that. John, yeah, of course, of J- course. Jonathan Garvin with a beautiful tackle on Keyshawn Nixon on the opening kickoff.
3: I, I mean, credit to Detroit. They did shut down Nixon. They had it, they kicked just perfectly <laughs> one yard line. Shut down. But Jonathan Garvin getting in the way on the opening kickoff. He had was so a much an omen.
1: He had so much room on that play. It, like if Jonathan Garvin is not in that space, he has at least twenty more yards up the middle on that play. Hell the, of an omen. Yeah.
2: The thing that was so noticeable about the kickoffs was Mason was having them land on the one and two yard line by kicking line drives. And the Lions kicker had like five seconds of hang time. He was kicking they were, mortars. They were
1: really up there. Yeah, It was it was a nice job. Michael. Uh, yep,
3: they, they had it played well. And uh, without flash from the defense or special teams, you got yourself a four point loss.
1: Yeah. That's the way it breaks. Ah, poop. Yeah, poop indeed. Oh, uh, really quick. I, we got a, the Packers also sucked on fourth down all year, and that jet sweep to Alan Lazard on fourth down. Like, uh, first of all, I'm not even sure you want to go for it on there. That was the, their own 32 yard line, and it was fourth and one, but normally i'm for going for it all the time but they suck so bad <laughs> that i maybe would have punted there um and that play call like i know that the packers play calls are always bad on fourth down and that we're very uh, you know after the fact on saying whether they were good or not but like I- i'm sorry when i'm running a f- fourth and short plays i am running runs um to spots where there's d- holes in the defense i'm running passes just past the line of scrimmage and I am not ever running jet sweeps to my fairly slow wide receiver um, against a very fast linebacker core.
2: <laughs> but What so, did they do correctly, Paul?
1: Um, they, they what they went for it. I guess they
2: ran a QB sneak.
3: That's for the correct. first for the
4: first and it time. I think. Yes, and it, it was
3: for
2: it was a fourth and one or third and one. They ran a QB sneak and got it two was yards. A fourth
3: down. It was a fourth down in yeah. the second half. Yeah, um, yeah, that's great. Uh, I agree. Oh, it to took them
2: you- eighteen weeks. Let's go.
3: A slow receiver who's also one of your best blockers. Although obviously you're not going outside when you're right. trying to get fourth and one. But like, come on, what was that play when they gave it to him? I thought, oh, that's Christian Watson. Like that would be the only explanation. Yeah, fine. Or how <laughs> he has the ball. On Maybe fourth Christian and one.
1: Watson beats them to the edge. Fine. And, but now, Lazard, what are you doing?
3: I mean, and in fairness, he had no chance. The you know the guy was right on top of him. But like, as soon as he's getting tackled, and I see that number on the back, and it's like that's that's not number nine. What's <laughs> happening here?
2: Well, and also on the successful. Jet sweep or end around—I can't remember which it was—to Christian Watson. Um, did you notice how bad his ball carrier vision was? I, I, Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard had a block, and the linebacker did not have an angle. And had he gone inside of Lazard, he would have gotten an extra five plus yards, maybe even broken it and beaten the safety. Instead, he decided to go around and try and make the edge, and gets gets caught by the safety on the in pursuit. It was just like, come on, man! Like turn it upfield sooner.
3: He'll get there. He'll get there. He will get there. He's young. He, um, he
2: went to one of the Dakotas.
1: Maybe that's why they stopped running the play after the first quarter, even though it gained six yards every time they ran it, because <laughs> they never ran it again after the first quarter.
3: All right, we uh, we got a lot of questions, so I want a quick touch on the off season. Yeah, um, we've entered Aaron watch territory. You know, yep. God damn it! Everybody's favorite this, part of the offseason. This thing, we're just as as followers of the Packers, we are always engaged in some sort of quarterback watch. And uh, will Aaron be back? is kind of the question on the table. This is a very different vibe from last off season. I think there was consternation about whether Aaron Aaron Rodgers would be back actually more like two off seasons ago versus last off season. I think people were fairly comfortable that he'd be back last off season. This time around, it's like I don't I don't know nobody wants him back. like nobody does. <laughs> is there is there anyone out there really clamoring saying that like Aaron Aaron Rodgers gives them the best chance to win because I don't think anybody believes that anymore
2: people people who are the same age as Aaron Rodgers tenure really want him back
3: <laughs>
1: I think yeah, maybe I, I forget who wrote this on Twitter I apologize it might have been Andy Herman Um uh Made it just a good. Maybe it was you, Matt. Actually, um, now that I think of it, somebody made the point though. Aaron Rodgers' salary is now precludes having enough talent around him to actually win with his current level of talent.
2: No, that wasn't me. It was okay. something I would say though.
1: Yeah, but like I, I don't think it's smart to have him back anymore. Like this season, I think it was still plausible that he could still play at an MVP level. He just did, and that if you got that Aaron, if you got that Aaron this year, you're probably twelve and four, thirteen and three again, and a Super Bowl contender. But like they are they have so much money tied up in him and mm-hmm. in other bad contracts that you just <laughs> can't put you can't put enough guys around for the 14th best quarterback in the football to win a super bowl and so, that being so, the case you got to move it
2: something that literally just this moment came to mind that that makes me laugh and also sad at the same time um prior to Aaron Rodgers will he won't he when he did his His uh, contract extension that he ended up not being happy about after two years and then started the whole shenanigans. He was originally fighting for an extension that included a salary based on a percentage of the cap. And people were like, it's never been done before. It's not going to happen now. Shut the hell up. Um, The number he was asking for was 20% of the cap. Yep. And uh, this coming year, he will be over twenty five percent of the cap. Should right. he not retire, so we would actually be saving money if he'd gotten that number.
1: But they should move on. Like every time they exercise one of his options, it becomes more and more punitive for the future. And basically, mm-hmm. as soon as you decide you're not winning a Super Bowl with him, you, you got to do it. You, you got to trade him. I mean, if he, if he retires, then problem solved. No problem there. So, but if uh, he
2: retires, they can they can push. Um, most of the money out Where they take on I think it's 15 million this year I think that's right And then 25 or something the I think that's right year.
1: too Adds up to 40 So that sounds right um, But like If you don't do that And he is amenable to a trade You should absolutely do that Because you're not winning you're, It's not going to happen
2: Send his ass to the Jets <laughs> oh, <gee. laughs> they, need
1: what, they, need, they need a quarterback They need
2: a quarterback They're a quarterback away They've got draft capital
1: think, Will he go play for a, another Lafleur? I don't know Oh, boy.
2: Okay. By the way, my my favorite thing about this is people refer to ours as Malf because he's Matt LaFleur. Yeah. And people refer Milf, to the yeah. other one as Milf <laughs> because he's Mike LaFleur. <laughs> oh, I, that, that tickles me.
3: So, Aaron, go, getting traded does not help them financially, I, I grant. Um, if they get- – okay. It helps them financially if they can somehow –
2: finagle it to be a post june first trade. trade yeah which would never ever happen you'd have to go on promises and handshakes
1: well you could trade for future picks that would be
2: easy. yeah but like if they're going to trade for this year's draft capital and then say like so you would have to do like weird pick swaps i, be, I, like,
3: just, I don't think that's going to happen that's the thing yeah i don't understand why they would care about this year's draft capital. i don't either it like, doesn't matter they they have to know <laughs> there, there's going to be one year of it ain't honestly it. the way the right, quarterback
1: class is shaping up getting draft picks for next year it is quite possibly better. better yes
2: that's what people said last year man well yeah but then
1: uh it's not just that those guys weren't as good it's also that a few of them went to the next class and it's just a deeper bunch next
3: year if you can get caleb that's your best bet so do that does he, if you could subtract all of the reasons to dislike Aaron Rodgers, does he give you your be- the best chance to win? And we don't know that really because we just don't have enough on Jordan Love. But I guess so. Next I year think,
1: he gives you the best chance to win, but that's that's next because next year Jordan
2: Love, next year Jordan Love is twenty eleven Aaron Rodgers, like taking what the offense gives him, and you know he won't have the talent that twenty eleven Rodgers had yeah. around him, but taking what the offense gives him, doing what's best um if we have Aaron Rodgers next year it's 2017 Aaron Rodgers all over again just nothing to hero ball it's going to be bad uh,
1: it's it's more for me It's just it's a band-aid rip question more than anything he probably does give you the best chance to win next year but he gives you the best like his ceiling i think is like uh 10 uh, probably 11 games in the new season but it, they, they're not serious contenders they're very far from being serious contenders at this point uh, they they i don't mean what's their final pythagorean Are, were they even positive like they're like a 500 team and he's not going to make yes. them much much better than a 500 team so yeah he does but I'm not sure that you want to win that way I think it's better to go back reload and try and get yourself to championship caliber again because it's good it
3: one way or another that decision's coming for you in the next two years you know I don't know if this is just anecdotal mean just sort of freelancing off the cuff here but looked up at on the Lambo board the the passing leaders of the year and you know Patrick Mahomes at the top of the list and Josh Allen isn't number two but he's way up there I mean there's there aren't that many star quarterbacks in this league, or at least not people that I would say, like, unquestionably, I'd hitch my wagon to that guy. He's the <laughs> face of the franchise. I don't know if that's, a again, just anecdotal. I haven't given that a lot of thought, but I don't feel like the Packers finding a middle level guy will necessarily drop them off the face of the earth. It, it very well might. But I don't I don't know if there are like many guys that you're thinking you have to I mean, have that quarterback to win. I don't I don't Matt know if Stafford true. just
2: won a goddamn Super Bowl. <laughs> he
3: <laughs> sure, did. he did. He's very good. I, I mean, he's he's over now, but he he is <laughs> he is very good. He's, has had a very good career. Yes, he has. Yeah, but
2: but what? Brock what Purdy's can, also been phenomenal here. During, yeah, what know, what can an ancient Matt Stafford do that any other top sixteen quarterback can't?
3: I, I absolutely agree with you. I agree with you. And, and Joe Burrow was very good. I, I shouldn't exclude him from the conversation. But like, I don't know. There. This is a you bad. Can, you
1: can hang. This is a bad year for quarterbacks in the NFL too. And you're right about that. Um. And Chani's system is just a miracle. So the 49ers, I think, barely count. Like, um, Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo have been phenomenal for no good reason. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, actually number one in DVOA on the season. Um, He has been the most efficient quarterback in the league. But that is just the 49ers being the 49ers. They didn't have Debo for the last month, and they were still just ridiculous. Um, Ayuk was going nuts. But Goff was four. Uh, The Lions offense did him a lot of favors. So you're right. If you have the right offense and the right personnel, um, you can do pretty well with a mid-level quarterback. I also just don't think the Packers have that. And maybe LaFleur could do that with if Aaron's not running Aaron garbage in the middle of every drive. Maybe that's true, but we don't know that for sure. Matt, like Maybe Aaron's making everything work and Matt LaFleur is terrible. That's also possible. <laughs> Got to find
4: that out, too. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity – van29 dot com.
3: Should we do questions? Lots of interesting nuggets in here. Yeah, so I let's think, do it. I think we should go. All right, starting with our Patreon question. Patrons, of course, get question priority. Mark putscarby continues to be the chief of all priority. Like literally uh, five seconds after the post goes up, Mark Puttscarby appears. He, dude, he's got alerts set up. He's got alerts <laughs> set up. Props to you. Uh, was this season basically a worst case scenario for the Packers? They missed the playoffs in a year where they went all in. Missed the chance to tank and grab a top 10 pick and fail to give love any sort of real reps before his option needs to be decided on top of that the winning streak <laughs> at the end seems to have saved joe barry's job this seems like a nightmare scenario
2: you're damn right mark yeah,
3: it's really hard to argue with any of that like it's very typical nfl where
1: if you're not winning the championship you kind of do want to be bad and not having jordan love play any meaning having you go to the last game like you didn't get any information on your next quarterback yeah you're right it's it was entertaining down the stretch. It was fun to watch the winning streak. But, yeah, for the future, it was bad. It was it was a nightmare. This is not great. Joe Barry's back, too. It's,
3: it's bad. Well, the way it was worded, like, yes, it sounds like Joe Barry's back, but I don't know. I, I'm not. <laughs> oh, to, my God,
2: JR. Don't get into the cope. Everybody I am not. Oh.
3: I am not completely moving on from the possibility that they do something
2: else. Look. There. Everybody on Twitter is like, look, Matt LaFleur does a lot of coach speak. And then we'll go back on the things that it seems like he says. I don't know if that's th- true. This was kind of coach speaky in his, argue sticking with Joe Barry? Nah, man, Barry's back. Like,
3: Barry's Yeah, I mean, back. he probably is. He probably is. Um, Yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. I, I guess I think there are a lot of people who have already made up their mind about Jordan Love and don't really care whether or not he got reps because they already feel like that's... That, question has been answered i guess I but like even, not. even i'm kind of like that but i still wanted to
1: see him have a couple games like he showed some improvement in that small sample size get, yeah you're right you're right sh- show me show me jordan love uh, like give <laughs> it sucks that they didn't get more information on him
3: i'm annoyed
2: let love in
1: <laughs>
3: no uh the other well that's a good point. the other <laughs> thought would be it's i mean good. we were talking about how great how not how great but how they had maybe turned it around they beat detroit it's not off the table that they make a crazy run. So, like, in a way, I, I understand why they did what they did. Like, it wasn't a. Yeah, total... It wasn't dumb. It just didn't I mean, work the, out.
1: The,
2: <laughs> the dream scenario is that they go into San Francisco and Brock Purdy turns into Mike White,
1: which is totally possible. Yeah,
2: or just Brock Purdy. Well, I'm saying is, is Mike White was great until he was awful. Brock Purdy yeah. has been great and he could have just randomly turned awful because that's what late round rookies do.
3: His his
1: college it, tape is insane, by the way. It's fun to watch Brock Purdy college tape. I would recommend anybody does it. It's very <laughs> unstructured. It's a hair on fire play. So, But yeah, if they get by the 49ers, the rest of the NFC is such trash. They actually could have done something. Oh well.
3: Yeah. Alright, Big Rig says, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could Joe Barry should be tried for crimes against the state? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we
1: rip on Joe a lot, um, but there is a he reason. He deserves it. That, well, he does. There is a reason that he is likely to be back, which is that the defense actually did play pretty well down the stretch.
2: Yeah, uh, but I don't I don't want a DC that only coaches well when he's coaching for his job.
1: I don't either, and you can do better. That's the main thing. Um, I'm also kind of hacked off at DVOA, which um, says their offense is better than my brain thinks it is and says their defense is worse than my brain thinks it is. Um, mm-hmm. But, like... He's Joe Barry wasn't awful this season. They they rally didn't got better. He was okay. Um, okay, I, this is not a, a Packers special teams from last year situation where they seem I to get worse every
2: week. <laughs> I understand DVOA. The offense uh, succeeds on early downs. They're terrible on third and this short. This is true. Yes, and so that will weight Their EPA being able to churn the chains, turn the blah, move the chains on early downs. EPA really likes that. I'm Joe not sure Barry's... that's true.
1: Um, I sure? actually think the Packers were one of the worst teams at converting first downs on first down. Uh, I, I think the Chiefs led. The league. No,
2: they're they're the best team. they best team in the league on second down. They and are. Like...
1: They are the best team in the league on second down. That is true. Um, yeah,
2: and then Joe Barry's defense uh, being worse than you think is because they gave up third and long a they, lot. They did. They did. And so I think that it's like the weighted thing. Like you, you personally think the interceptions aren't weighted enough, right?
1: I, well, your... I, I, they're, I think, weighted fine in DVOA, especially EPA. I, um,
2: I thought DVOA was based on EPA.
1: They're similar, but they're not the same. Okay. But
2: the, regardless, I think that, that you can, you can look at the way the numbers are weighted
3: and explain the
2: little quirks.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Fair. Uh, speaking of third and long an all time show some pride moment in this game where the Lions were able to convert on third and I want to say it was 11 or 12. I'm not sure. Two missed tackles prolonged a drive that I believe I, I'm pretty sure that one ended in points. Yes. although I, I could be conflating. You are correct. I believe you are correct. <laughs> not great guys. Uh, that is not on Joe Barry. That is on the tacklers who are in position to make the play and yet don't did not tackle. Yes. Dr. Hillbilly, I guess Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, gives the team the best chance to win games in 2023, but I'm so tired of him. The shtick, the haircuts, the Tuesday McAfee appearances, the holistic mumbo jumbo, the passive-aggressive digs at everyone else that I want him gone, regardless of how bad love or his freshly acquired replacement turns out to be. Is first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback fatigue a treatable condition? <laughs> Good way to put it. Yes,
2: all we got to do is start Nathan Peterman, and he will be begging to bring back our weirdo.
3: Oh,
1: oh isn't that true? That is true. Um, Jeez. But uh, you can look to football reasons for Aaron now. Like even if you don't like him personally, and you know I don't, um, there are now there there are now good football reasons to move on. So you can just lean into that. Clear conscience, um, football reasons, go for it.
2: Clear eyes, full heart, can't
1: lose. (laughs) I think that's why people have turned on him a little bit. Like uh, you know when you're not. When, when you are a, an annoying person and still awesome, you get a long leash. When you start to become far less awesome, your leash goes very, very, very short very quickly. That happens with oh, everybody. 100%. Have you, have you,
2: Aaron Rodgers this year reminded me a lot of Jordan Love's college film. It was all boom or bust. It was wow or awful, and there was no in between. Yeah, kind of was. And that, that was Aaron Rodgers
3: to me this year. But I 100% agree with you is he is he is has been an annoying person for quite some time. Yes. And uh, when he's racking up MVPs, it, you're just not going to get the 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 chorus. But when he struggles, you're going to you're going to it all comes down to winning. It all comes down to winning and performance on the field. <laughs> that is the both the blessing, curse, shamefulness of uh, of being a sports fan, of watching sports. And uh, and that's just how it's going to go. So <clears throat> scarf 21 and around a Lazard twice. Why? <laughs> I don't get that. play. about that.
2: Because because everyone hates us and you deserve no happiness according to the football gods.
1: I think I would just like to know, I want to talk to a Packer offensive person on the staff just about the philosophy of running your big, fairly slow receiver on an end around. Like, I get you're a super fast guy. That makes sense. You're trying to race people to the corner. You know, you have some deception to get guys flat-footed. But, like, everybody's going to catch up to Alan Lazard. He doesn't accelerate fast. Um, he's not going to get the corner versus pretty much anybody. Like, what? W- why does that play exist? Like, is it to set up something later? Is it, uh, like, do they think he can power over? Like, I, it, it's just stupid. They need to burn that out of the playbook.
3: Ryan Ziegler asks, while I understand that there's a need and a desire to maintain consistency and continue continuity in the front office, the coaching staff, scheme, and players, when do we enter the period where negligent hiring and negligent retention come into play?
1: Uh, Never, because it's the NFL, and to some extent, everybody does this. Uh, People hire their friends, people hire the people they're comfortable with, and even if you're going to make that case against Matt LaFleur, um, he did. Fire Mo Drayton and go out and hire a much much better special teams coordinator. Just last year, so it's not like he never does this. It's not, and um, they have had good people on staff. Um, they have lost some to better jobs. They have lost some bad people to better jobs. They, like Adam Stenevich was elevated to keep him, and he is a good offensive line coach, and that makes sense. So I mean,
3: Nathaniel Hackett might be back. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, he might. Uh, although, if Aaron's not, then. Yeah, I don't know. No point there. Um, but, um, you know, that's just the thing that happens in keeping Joe Barry is maybe not what we all want, but it's defensible. You can make a case for it happening. It's not completely negligent to do it in a vacuum if I'm loitering for Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He <laughs> he 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 rallied in the back half. The defense played really well. They held people to very few points. They got a bunch of interceptions. Like, there's all kinds of cases you can make for Joe Barry. It's not totally negligent. It's not just keeping. It's not Jeff Saturday being a head coach. It's not even in the <laughs> league of that.
3: Can
2: we talk about how great of a band name "Negligent Retention"
3: is? It <laughs> is a good one. Yeah, uh, and we talked about this last week. And everybody has worked with somebody who is. I shouldn't say everybody, but if you have the experience of working with somebody who's not perfect at their job but not terrible and also a really great person and i don't know if joe barry is a really great person but let's just assume he is and he's good at relationships and he's good at getting people to understand the playbook and he's good at this and that whatever it's really hard to move on from that guy really hard you know you're talking about amari rogers that's who you're describing right now <laughs> <You are? laughs> uh but amari rogers wasn't was like unspeakably bad yes you know was. like he, he yeah, was he fair. was actively hurting the team and that's why he's okay, gone, look, Joe Barry was. Joe Barry not was, Joe Barry was the defensive
2: bad. Joe Barry was a defensive coordinator for the 08 Lions but that's, that's look, that's all that needs to be said It's
3: 15 years ago, though. And, and yeah, in 15 years first, ago, he
2: was the worst defensive coordinator in football.
3: Sure. But like, you know, you have to give somebody you have to let somebody go beyond one year as a defensive coordinator before you fully judge them. I'm well, not I, I'm not defending it. I think they could do much better. I do much, well, much be better. AR,
2: let me tell you this. This is the first time in his career. He's gone beyond two years as a defensive that's coordinator. True. Well, Th- so he also, we don't know that
1: for sure.
0: <laughs> We're not there yet.
1: They lost Rashawn Gary partway through the year. Like there's Eric all kinds Stokes. of mitigating factors here yeah
3: i would say they stayed fairly <laughs> healthy i would say this team overall stayed fairly healthy obviously the bakhtiari thing in and out was an issue sean gary was was their biggest loss yep. and then eric stokes wasn't i mean he wasn't playing great but you know that's that's a pretty important piece that you're you're absent maybe he gets better in the second half of the year too so i, I guess know.
2: but like if i have to hear freaking plausible deniability one more goddamn time <laughs>
1: I know, I know. I mean, that th- what it comes down to fundamentally is that the NFL is an elite organization where um, there are tons of people who want those jobs, many of whom are very qualified. And you have the ability to pick super qualified people whenever you want, as long as you're willing to interview and assess properly. And there's not an excuse to have anything less than a an
3: elite person at a coordinator level. So that's what it comes down to for me. Yep. No, I hear you for sure. I mean, like you said, they just did this with Rich Pisacia. Yes. They were not getting the, the production they needed, and they found the best guy for the job. And uh obviously they saw results. Clearly, Joel Osmond says with the Shanahan system, is Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo the better Jimmy Garoppolo? If hypothetically uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had played this game, would he have been a better Jimmy Garoppolo than Jordan Love or Brock Purdy? I actually
1: really like this question. And I was I almost tweeted something like this today, but I ran out of time because I was working. Um, I don't think Aaron is a good fit. Uh, For the Shani system anymore. And and he might never have been. For a couple reasons. One of which is. One thing that Garoppolo is good at. And Brock Purdy has been okay at it so far too. Is actually hitting guys in stride. In the short part of the field. Like the whole Shanahan system. Is based on yak from monstrous receiver types who bowl over people and it helps a lot if your quarterback is actually getting those hitting them on the numbers going forward aaron sucks at that and he's always been kind of bad at it it's just not his wheelhouse like his flat throwing has always been a little rough his form is bad there he's really good at throwing deep and the shanty system throws deep passes but they're built uh, uh, about they're built on the mid-level so uh, I think Garoppolo is probably better, and I think Brock Purdy is probably better. I don't know about Jordan yet, but he actually was throwing nice flat balls last time, too. So, yeah, maybe. I could actually make a good case for that.
2: I think the irony of saying that Aaron Rodgers has no mid range is hilarious.
1: I know, but it's true now. <laughs>
2: no, but like the fact that Aaron Rodgers thinks that mid range not existing in basketball anymore is like a crime against humanity, and he never had it in the football field. Yeah,
1: okay. I- irony.
2: And he's also dating his co-owner's daughter, so more basketball.
3: Oh, yeah, the Mallory Edens-Aaron Rodgers connection. Did you <laughs> awesome. Guys,
2: did you guys see my prediction awesome. on that? No. I tweeted at the end of the game, um, Aaron Rodgers seemed distracted. Is it because he is currently dating Buck's owner's daughter, yes. Mallory, whatever? Within a half an hour, multiple articles.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that good good prediction, but also, yes, that was going to happen.
2: But I was off. I said it was going to take until the next day. It was a half an hour.
1: <laughs> People love Aaron girlfriend distraction stories. It's it's a whole <sighs> industry.
3: I'm I'm really disappointed that if I could separate myself from being a a journalist and just like just an appreciator of the Green Bay Packers, however you want to term that, it's so disappointing that we have to be conflicted about both Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's you know, very like very annoying. I would I would love I would love to be here talking about how you know it's time to move on, but all the great things he did what a what a joy it was to watch him they won a super bowl he was excellent they were always in contention and instead it's like eh, eh.
2: (laughs) so that's the thing is off the top of my head i'm trying to think of hall of fame quarterbacks without controversy
3: right obviously there's going to be some like even peyton manning the golden child has like little little things not little
2: things he had a sexual assault in college he did
3: he did And uh, there was also um, with him, there was uh, performance enhancing drug rumors Mm -hmm. as well. He
2: he, HGH in the neck thing. Yes, yes, yes. He Ah. allegedly had HGH sent to his house under his wife's name.
3: You're right. It's the live long, you know, die a hero, live long enough to be the villain. I totally understand. The that. only
2: one, like the only one coming to, to mind is Warren moon. I can't think of any bad word ever said about Warren moon. Yeah. Warren moon didn't, like,
3: didn't win a, didn't win a ring. So like, he, he I know won it was a a, Hall of he F- won
2: a ring in Canada okay, and he played for fine. the
3: Oilers. Thank you. Okay. He
2: played for the Oilers, man. It's like playing for the Colts. He, and oh, he wait, played it's a like...
3: long damn time. I mean, he was, was he 43 when he retired? He was, right, he, but he was didn't come to the
2: NFL him. until he was like, he was like 30. Yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um. Yeah, I mean Dan Marino, I guess. Dan okay, Marino I mean, he did win the draft
2: any... because he was a party guy in college. Yeah,
3: um, sure. I, I, that's all I, I got. Like, I'm just
2: I, saying, like, like think of think of every Hall of Fame quarterback you can think of and try to not come up with a controversy.
3: No, for of person. course you're right, and it's true of every player who's been around long enough. Most likely, and not not every player, but many players yeah. who've been around a long time. Uh, it is it is just a very dissatisfying ending to to get to a point where it's like that might have been Aaron Rodgers' last game and. It's just kind of a kind of a collective whimper. I, I no one no one is thinking about his career highlights or anything like that. It's just like eh, all right, yes, another off season. Old man on a bike in Sherlington. I'm just an old man on a bike who wants to address the elephant in the room. There's no way the Packers don't recover Aaron Jones' fumble if they had kept Amari Rogers on the (laughs) roster. The Packers would routinely practice fumble recovering during games when Amari was out there. But with Amari gone, we lost our edge in this facet of the game. So my question is this: Did we cut the wrong Rogers? (laughs) Oh my
0: god.
3: (laughs) Okay, Galaxy Brain is the best, baby.
2: He has a point. Who had the single best fumble recovery in that game? uh golf Ballantine. it ended up not counting but valentine on special teams plucked that sucker out of the air
1: yeah, okay
2: and so maybe he has a point maybe the special teamers were training for
1: Marty <laughs> i'm also going to put a little bit of that fumble on lambo and their very nice soft turf because i feel like at almost any other stadium it gets out of bounds and you know problem solved but alas he just died just sat shout there
2: shout Shoutouts to Bob for trying to put a foot out of bounds and touch the ball. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a great try. And it really Also, shout-outs for the Lions defender who saw that and, and then punched him in the face. Yep.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Very savvy oh, was, play all around on the fumbled rule. There's a lot in of 4D the- chest there. In the stadium, I really thought he got that. He touched the ball with the foot on the line. And I didn't know if it was intentional, but it had to be, right? Yep. He was trying to uh So he he
2: threw himself sideways with the pinky out. Like yeah. it, it had to be intentional. Yeah, brilliant
3: stuff. Brilliant stuff. We see that, Robert Tunyon. You are not uh you you deserve credit for <laughs> for the awesome in the moment, very smart stuff. All right, Patrick Detmer. This is a long one, but uh he has some nice things to say about us, so we're gonna read this one All right. in its entirety. Thank you guys for providing all the copium during the frustrating season. I hope you don't mind me taking a moment to thank you all individually. JR, in addition to being a great reporter, you have one of the greatest strong bad impersonations I've ever heard. How do you you type all those trending sports stories with boxing gloves on your hands? Oh, thank you for introducing me to the Tecmo Super Bowl hacking community, which gave me the ability to play through 1966 and 67 Lombardi Packer seasons. It's much more fun running with Horning and Jim Taylor than Keith Woodside and Michael Haddix. You're welcome. And Matub, you introduced me to How to Drink and the Stone Fence. It's fantastic, and it's finally allowed me to clear out all my angry orchards that my wife purchased but never actually drank. Thank you for all the great work. Go, Pat, go.
2: thanks, man. We really appreciate that.
1: appreciate that, Patrick. Very
3: touching.
2: Say hi to your sixth cousin for me. Yep. (laughs) I
3: I would try to do a strong bad impersonation again, but I think I would ruin it. I I think I would do it wrong, and then it would Okay, just say check in the emails. That's all you got to say. PJ Wessel says, here's to the 2022 (laughs) season. Thanks again for this podcast. Now for the fun off season episodes where you all talk about your favorite non-sports podcasts, start a book club, describe your next South American vacation, get new haircuts. No, you have actual stuff to do. Gosh, fine. (laughs) More wins in this season or next season.
1: Oh, Oh God. They didn't win a lot this season. Yeah.
2: If they try to run it back, I think they win more next season. I do
1: too. Just with regression to the mean,
3: Um, but like not much more like drink.
1: (laughs) Yeah. About time. Yeah.
3: The number of games that they should have won and didn't, pretty staggering this year. Yeah, I mean, Washington was. is baffling. Both Detroit's. Yeah. Um, uh, the both New York Giants. New York Giants game, absolutely. Yeah. Both yeah, New York's. I, yeah, both New York's. I figure you could split those. And, you, I mean, obviously, you still... This this was a team that should have made the playoffs despite the fact that I don't even think they were that good yep. because seven teams make the playoffs in the NFC, which yep. means subpar teams make it. And I do think the Packers were better than the Seahawks.
2: So if they split the New York's and they split Detroit, they're in the playoffs right now.
3: Yep, of course, absolutely. Um, okay. JD says, "Where would running a reverse to Alan Rizzard rank on your fourth <laughs> and inches play call chart? Above or below throwing the oh. ball to Bakhtiari on a tackle eligible play? I would personally throw the ball to Bakhtiari before. I would throw. I would side. throw to Sack Tom. So then maybe my lineman. Um, I
1: think it, yeah. A lot of the problems with the Bakhtiari play were that he it was his first game back from injury. Um, you know that injury that kept him out forever. So." surprising i guess but um, i'm not even against a tackle eligible play to bakhtiari if you just run it better <laughs> the lazard call had like no chance to succeed the bakhtiari play like he was open just get him the ball <laughs> kind of glorious so, so the the bakhtiari
2: play as well as the lazard end around um to me reminds me a lot of the simpsons lemon tree episode
1: okay my favorite when, Simpsons episode, so looking forward when, to
2: this. When uh, they're like, what are you, crazy? And Homer goes, crazy like a fox, and then tries to climb the fence because no one would expect Homer to climb oh, the fence. Okay. And then he fails horribly, he and does. it's embarrassing. Yeah. That's what the Packers were doing. They were doing things that like no one would ever think <laughs> that they
1: would do these things. I actually love that <laughs> analogy. Me too. And, we're going to catch them off guard by doing something very, totally stupid. Very much too cute on fourth down pretty much every time. Throwing bombs, running crap. That's the whole fourth down playbook right there.
3: I don't want to step on the rest of JD's question above or below, constantly running shotgun toss plays to AJ Dylan. Seriously. What the hell was that? Also free love <laughs> Rogers has to go. Can't keep running the crap back. This crap back. Goodbye, hero ball, please.
2: Um, The AJ Dylan thing is going to come up in the discord questions. Oh, and it's a do. It's a doozy. All right. Shout outs to the discord, man.
3: PJ Wessel says also the 2022 season looks to be the first season ever where the average margin of victory is less than 10 points. What if anything, should we ref- infer from that? That they just weren't that good. Yeah,
1: they're bad. That's really it. Like, bad teams in the NFL play close games. And sometimes they get lucky and win a bunch, and sometimes they don't. And sometimes they win half. And-
3: he's, You know what, though? He's not referring to just the Packers. He's saying NFL oh, scoring NFL. at
1: large. Oh, yeah, okay. And I yeah. think yeah, answer still stands. There's not a lot of really good teams. Most of the or, teams in the NFL are bad. Or
2: we finally have parity. We, there's there's a lot of parody. I mean, if, if that's is. what we if if you want to look on the positive side of things, also shout out to PJ for properly using the word infer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very um, nice. But you, people
2: often often switch infer and, and imply. It bugs yeah,
1: yeah. me. It's annoying. But I I do think that's really it. There's not a lot of great teams. There is not a lot of atrocious teams. There's really not a lot of atrocious teams. Um, but like if you just go look at point differential uh, in the NFC, three teams had a plus 100. And everybody else was between plus twenty six, that's the Lions, and negative twenty seven, that's the Panthers. And on the back end, it's just not a lot of crap either. It's the Bears who are you know super rebuild and quarterback can't throw, the Rams who lost Matt Stafford, and the Cardinals who are atrocious, and then the Buccaneers who are the Buccaneers. Um, so
2: the the difference between the Lions and the Panthers is like
3: one and a half points a game. Yes, it is. That's basically correct. like that's a great way to look. Yep. <laughs> hmm. Dutch boy five this is now the third year in a row where we have lost our last game of the season at Lambeau Field in each of those games the defense played at worst a good game but the offense at best played average is Matt Lafleur really the problem and not Joe Barry
1: he he's not uh. beyond reproach that's the thing and uh, as much as Joe Barry has been his own problem Matt Lafleur has not shined calling offense in Lambeau and bad weather like Uh, He is ultimately responsible for playing the wrong guys on offensive line last year. He is responsible for wacky fourth down play calls. He is responsible for running RPOs inside the five yard line that just fail miserably pretty much every time. So he is a, I I mean, he is kind of a problem and again, Aaron might be part of that problem because Aaron coordinates a large chunk of the offense for himself but, yeah, Matt deserves some criticism. They keep flaming out with bad offensive performances, and that's on him. He's the offensive coordinator.
3: I would like to see Matt LaFleur without Aaron Rodgers. I do Not I too. Just for that data set of, okay, now we know which aspects were truly LaFleur. Yeah. Jason Spitz has kind of a long question. Uh, does anyone realize how truly bad Gutekunst is at this? <laughs> yes, he hit on some players and draft picks. So did Tom Brotz, uh bringing up Sterling Sharp, Leroy Butler, Ken Rutgers, and others. Goody has zero big picture savvy failed to get them over the top in their true window in 2020 and 2021 by wasting picks on love and a wide receiver, deep draft pissing off number 12 in the process, not going all, all the way in Tampa Bay, wait, not going all in the way Tampa Bay and the Rams did, Screws up the Devontae relationship, which leads to a trade demand, and then compounds that mistake by failing to trade 12 for the massive haul that was out there for a 39-year-old when it was clear to anyone being realistic that 17's departure would close the Super Bowl window. Hmm. Then signs 12 to the dumbest and richest contract to giving him all the leverage. This isn't even the complete list. He's just not very bright, and he's panicky. A lethal combo, and yeah, he's drafted some really good players. So did Tom Bratz. Wow. Fair. Um, (laughs) I will say this the Rogers
1: contract seems asinine um, the, the way that he really does have so much leverage to control where he goes. He, like if he doesn't retire and wants to play, they can't do anything about it. They can't cut him. They can't release him. And it's not a normal, just accelerating cap situation. It is a, it gets extra punitive based on what his contract looks like. Um, so yeah, not great. Um, I don't, it's hard to judge, Goots. It's hard to judge GMs in a, in a vacuum because he's drafted uh, off and on. Okay, he's had bad drafts. His last draft seems to be pretty good though, um, so far. Too early to tell. Uh, but I would say he's not an outstanding GM for sure. I would agree with that. And there's there's some weirdness too. And I do think that he and Ball do actually turn guys off. I think uh, they are a relationship problem for a lot of players. So all fair.
3: The. Um... judging gms is kind of like judging a baseball season you know you've got all kinds of data that seem like they're life or death in the moment but you really need a really wide you you need a lot of time to determine exactly what you have and in in some cases you almost have to like go through the whole career before you know what you have which is, is obviously a difficult thing difficult proposition um i do think Gutakunst has hit on enough guys that I would say he's he's average. I don't know if he's like below average. I don't know if he's above, but I don't know. He's he's done okay. I think you, you can't discount some of the guys that he signed off the street or signed off. Practice I was going to say he
2: he might be one of the single greatest in season GMs
3: that yeah, I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. Okay. You, you could also argue he didn't get Odell Beckham when he could have. I I don't know if that matters or not. I think not, that was more rust last ball. year. Think, uh, could be.
2: That's the other thing is like the the low balls. Are they his fault? Are they Russ's fault?
3: Yeah. Who knows? I do think it all, his entire GM ship comes down to one maneuver and that's Jordan Love, which is, which is what, you know, Jason is hitting on in this question. We don't know behind the scenes how the dominoes fell. We don't know if the move was so, you know, created a situation where they wind up with this contract because they couldn't communicate with Aaron Rodgers they 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 hit on you know if you're going to make that move that guy has to be the right guy you have to hit on Jordan Love it is not evident that they did that i think i, I think best case scenario is we're not sure you know seems lo- not super likely that they hit on that one so possibly torpedo the relationship and and i, I don't know if the devonte thing is necessarily on him that seems like that could be on aaron but you 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 don't really know how things devolved between with aaron and this franchise after Jordan Love. I mean, we have some idea, but we don't we don't know the whole picture of how the dominoes fell.
2: What <laughs> kind of asshole posts the last dance memes and references and then loses in the first round of the playoffs? <laughs> what the hell? God, that's that well, just reminded me of how mad I am at Devontae.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, everyone thought they were they were so tight, and then all of a sudden he's like, "No, nah, I really want to go to the Raiders." And it's but like, big, "Oh, actually, lo- they're not that tight." I'm yeah, so yeah if you look
2: back, they weren't. Aaron and Devontae like didn't hang out. They didn't post fun memes together. It was like him and Cobb and a couple of his linemen.
1: Right. We all. I mean, I, I think that there is truth to the rumor that Devontae was put off by the way that Ball and Goodenkin's went about things. But I don't think anybody should be surprised by people not wanting to play with Aaron Rodgers, like if, for kind of the same reasons we've been talking about here, like. It's fine when he's the greatest quarterback of all time. You put up with a lot of BS, but hanging out with Aaron Rodgers sounds excruciating. It sounds well, awful. What,
2: like what's the line from uh, the line from Collision Low Crossers? It's I, like like winning fixes everything. Well, yeah, something something along those lines. Like yeah, like no one cares if but you're he's,
1: winning. He's an annoying person. It's not surprising yes. when people don't want to hang out with him when he's not super good. So, oh, checks out. Uh,
2: also, I have heard from <laughs> hashtag sources. That if you don't kiss the ring, you're dead to him.
1: Yeah, well,
3: so okay, sure. I love how you think winning <laughs> fixes everything. Originated with collision low prospects. Yeah. No, like, there was no. I,
2: I'm I'm referencing specifically a piece of media that both Paul and I have consumed. Okay, <laughs> of course. And of specifically, course. it was Rex Ryan who was an annoying asshole saying something along those lines it was sure. com- incredibly relevant
3: jr i believe you i i just think it's great that that is your bible and more power to you <laughs> to dino and self but true didn't
4: originate oh, with the uh,
3: you know didn't originate in the, in the 90s or anything there's so, a book yeah, uh, there's in, a book in, in called
1: wedding fixes everything now that you can't google where
3: the phrase comes from anymore oh Dude, that stinks it does Okay, let's move to Twitter questions. Jerry Eldred, <laughs> going by Daily Meat, as his, uh, his Twitter Twitter and name it's now. It's Meat with an A. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way this ends other than running it back and having an even more excruciating season next year?
1: Yeah, I think there's. I think there's like a pretty decent chance they trade him. I'd say uh, like twenty five percent they trade him.
3: I was going to say if they run it
2: back, and it, they're the only chance of it not being more excruciating is. Great quote from John Mulaney is like, "Not unless everyone gets real cool with a lot of stuff really quickly."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not gonna happen. So I'm I'm really hoping for trade. I don't want to go through this again. I'm sick of this season.
3: I mean, they've seen what they've seen it end twice with him at his best in kind of in very disappointing fashion. Now he's not at his best. Like I don't I don't understand why they would want to be trapped in that. You know, it's not it's not like he's gonna. You know what? Maybe. Even if he comes back and he's somehow MVP level, which I don't know how anyone can foresee that, but if he is, because we've been in this situation before where it's like, he's washed, he's done, and then he comes back just as good as ever, we still know that there are limitations, and now there's greater financial limitations than there were even then in the 2020-2021 season. So it just, just, how does it work? Like, what's the path to making that work? Jonathan Deal says, is this the most unlikable Packers team you've ever had to root for? Also, is Lambo the new factory of sadness?
1: Uh, it's not like I am old enough to remember the 80s which had some very unlikable packer teams that were very boring and had like Charles Martin ending Jim McMahon's career and um all, all kinds of badness. So this is relatively speaking not that bad, but it was boring and um watching the same kind of failure points every week was bad. So one of the worst uh where Aaron wasn't injured of the last 25 years or so I'd say
2: um so in my in my fandom being someone in my early to mid 30s the last 25 years or so is about all i can remember um to me this isn't as bad as my worst season um and believe it or not this is going to sound kind of weird
3: 2011 okay they went the year they went 15 and one
2: the yes the defending super bowl champs who were this unstoppable offensive juggernaut the fan base made it not fun to be a packer fan that year Really? It was like it was like rooting for the Patriots. Huh. Like oh. it, it, it I was okay it with was, it honestly. And see at the time I was still a casual fan and casual fans were puff chest annoying about it. And it's just like when you hit your wagon to how good your football team is and that's your uh that's your entire personality, that comes out when your team is an unstoppable juggernaut and it makes me not like the team. Yeah, not yeah. not a, it's not their fault. It's the fans fault.
1: All right. 15-1. and one,
3: Enjoy the ride, I say. I did enjoy that season quite a bit. I thought it was great. It was flawed. Everyone knew throughout the course of the season the defense was not good enough yeah. and would meet a reckoning, and it happened to be at Lambeau Field. <laughs> That's the real end of the Lambeau Field mystique, it feels like. The, the Giants right really did kill yeah. it.
1: Michael Vick and the Giants really did did it. Yeah. Um, and...
3: Oh,
2: also, Paul, you'll enjoy this. 90% of Packer fans' songs came during the 2011
1: season. <laughs> oh, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> so. Those are the kinds of seasons that make songs.
3: All right, uh, Dale Doback says, what happened? Good, good picture,
1: Dale, really. if it's, What if happens? It, first of all, Dale, if it's you, kudos. If it's not you,
3: kudos to picking it out. <laughs> what happens when we all realize that Matt LaFleur so might be a guys, good coach?
2: Guys, Dale Doback is the name of one of the brothers and Step Brothers.
3: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> it's John I've C. Actually, Riley's character. I've never seen Do- Step Brothers. I should fix that sometime.
2: Yeah, it's John C. Riley's character in, right. in Step Brothers.
3: What happens when we all realize that Matt LaFleur might be a good coach, but a bad leader? Does his age and experience making tough decisions work against him? Or is he just being nice as a courtesy and Barry and others will be sacked?
1: I don't think any coaches like throw their coordinators under the bus directly often. There's a couple old timey guys that do. But I mean, if he's a bad leader, it's probably hard for us to detect.
2: I mean, buddy Ryan punched his head. Yes. Yes. Fine. Old timey (laughs) football guy. Different
3: ilk. Yes. Bring back,
2: bring back the football guy. That's why it was Kevin
3: Gilbride, right? That's
2: yeah. Yeah. Punch Kevin Gilbride. I mean, it doesn't,
3: it it doesn't do you any favors to, to try to like, first of all, think of it from Matt LaFleur's perspective. If he says, yeah, Joe Barry needs to be better. So now either, either you fire Joe Barry or you're weak for keeping him around. You look like you've thrown him under the bus to to a fraction of the fan base, so you look like an asshole. Yeah. Honestly, you gain nothing. You get absolutely nothing out of that except maybe some friction in the building.
2: See, and that's why in week eight... Rich Passatio should have gone over and punched Joe Barry in the face. And then we would all all be feeling so much better right now.
1: It would be so cathartic, sure. Coach Speak Um, to us is very, very deceptive of whatever's going on in the background, too. So always keep that in mind. It is lying season. And mm -hmm. we don't know. Like, they will probably... Uh, it, they will probably do a very professional, like performance review of everybody, and you know, give honest feedback. That Ugh. probably will happen. It happens it's in January, a lot of football teams. So it's
3: performance review season, Tell, man. You just hell yes, it is. To... <laughs> All right, we're on to Discord questions. Starting with <laughs> Loco Pabs.
2: Also, by the way, I want to shout out to Loco Pabs. He is active in the Discord he sure and is. like semi moderates the question. Like, thank you.
3: <laughs> oh, okay, so he's moderating here, and Jonathan Deal. Uh, His first question is, yeah, I have a question. What the fuck was that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also, there were four 100 emoji and five this reacts to that.
1: And we
0: have
3: maybe 10 active users in the Discord.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah
3: uh he says also the lack of discipline gets me do the packers have a head coaching issue defensive coaching issue drafting idiots issue lack of veteran leadership issue i can think of several unnecessary roughness penalties off the top of my head quay getting kicked out twice his sumo slam last week rudy ford late hit versus la Razul's 15 yarder jair is lucky he hasn't gotten a taunting penalties, etc <laughs> etc et um they are allowed to be their own personalities which you know it's it, it's it's a rock and a hard place because if you're a coach, you, you know, you get criticized if you're not letting guys be their own personalities. Yep. That comes back to bite you. And then at the same time, you're seen as like letting, you know, letting the inmates run the asylum. If you're not, if, right, if things like this happen, they were none the way, of these. They were none third, of these complaints happened. They were third on the
1: season in um, uh, on sportsmanlike conduct penalties in the NFL. That's a That's lot. A lot.
2: None yeah. of these complaints come from the offense. Every single one of those is a defensive player.
1: Yeah. Also true. By the way, Matt, is this uh, also misspelled or is it a guy named? No, Alvo? it's a guy
2: named Alvo. OK, so it's a different person than John. Oh, that was
3: Alvo. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was an also. just want to make so. sure
1: Alvo gets credit for for the question. It's All a right. good
2: question. Um. Yeah, I, I just
3: I just keep coming back to I hate Joe Barry, so I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> but I mean, it, you know, like, let's not pretend Matt LaFleur isn't involved in some of the defensive discussions. here, Especially but on also, discipline. Right.
2: I don't oh, know man Joe Barry caused polio Joe Barry dude, That's in my head Like everything is his fault Well
1: fine But we don't actually know that Especially in this case
3: Alright Hutler, I woke up in the middle of the night With a recurring nightmare Of seeing them trying to run Dylan out of shotgun Instead of under center <laughs> Why did they revert to plays That have shown themselves Not to work all season Or is my perception Memory off here Get out of my head a response from Loco Pabs is so Dylan out of shotgun. Twenty twenty two play by play data shows that being run one hundred and four times, total EPA three point seven eight five. I think that's okay at best zero point zero three. Zero point zero three <laughs> EPA play is around Dallas's offense overall efficiency. Success rate is just under fifty percent. Guessing this is based on Football Outsiders fifty percent on first down, seventy percent on second down, one hundred percent on third and fourth down. Dylan not out of shotgun. Eighty two plays, thirty seven out of eighty two success rate. One point five zero six EPA total. Negative. Negative, negative one point five zero six EPA total. So Locopab's point being that Dylan was actually worse under center
1: than out of shotgun, which is true. Um, However, the math does change down by the goal line for one very important reason, which is uh, when you run out of shotgun anywhere else, you're usually facing lighter boxes because you're in shotgun and you have to have DBs there. With the field contracted, you get way more heavy defense uh, out of those shotgun runs down by the goal line. They become far less successful. And, yeah, Dylan not working under center is bad for other reasons. Like, you should be more effective from under center. Most running backs are uh, in a neutral situation. He was atrocious. He did not hit holes well this year. Hmm.
2: But yeah, so I just I wanted to wait. I didn't want to spoil that yep. fun little tidbit for you guys. Yep. That Dylan
3: was by the numbers better out a shotgun. I, I Has been
1: all year. Yep.
3: John Ramos, MTG. Y'all ready for a third and Barry next year? Heck yeah. yeah. Ah. Let's do it. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> but- Coffee addict. With Matt LaFleur intending to keep Barry around, do you guys think that the strong sense of loyalty that seems to define this team will also lead to stagnation?
1: Maybe yes. Um, I do think that you run a risk of that when you don't honestly assess the people around you. I think um, you know we were last year spent a lot of time saying, well, Drayton's bad. Fix this now. It's going to cost you. And it did. That's the kind of stagnation that can happen when you do that. Now, that's an extreme case, um, but you should always be looking to improve. And if you don't think that Joe Barry is average at best as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he'll stagnate after a while. He'll get figured out. He'll be not creative enough to even manage what he did this season, which was a very modest accomplishment. Um, and loyalty can do that in certain instances. There are There's a place where loyalty can help you on sort of day in, day out, executing, getting guys to go through their drills, to be precise, to not commit penalties, stuff like that. Um, you know basically your military guys that's fine but you need your creatives too and Joe's not that so yeah stagnation comes from that side of the coin
3: Lambo Baggins that's, a <laughs> that's good well done do the, do the Packers actually have a good offensive line I feel like every year we hear about the depth and quality and the ranking sites seem to back it up but come big game time they seem to get shredded and wilt into a liability
1: it's good um, but it's not great this year. Last year, it was injuries. Last year, it was really picking on a dude, and uh, that was a problem. This year, they did run into, I think, a very specific problem, which is two of their tackles, Zach Tom and Josh Nyman, uh, Yosh Nyman, I will get this right one day, um, are, are quite light. And against most edge rushers, their athletic ability does pretty well to win those battles most of the time. Um, against Aiden Hutchinson specifically, this becomes a problem because he is quite large for an edge rusher. He is 265, 270, but moves like a much smaller man. He is power and speed combined. Yeah, he's he's a
2: speed-to-power bull rusher, yep. and a 260-pound tackle can't take it.
1: That is correct. So uh, this was a bad matchup for the Packers on the offensive line, uh, but the fact that they are prone to those bad matchups isn't great. Um, I think that an off season in the weight room for Zach Tom might do him a world of good. There's still, there's still projection in that frame. That's fine. Yosh kind of did it again. I'm Such an asshole. I need to. I, I need a, i need a Yosh swear jar on my desk. Okay, if you put an I at the end of his first t- name. I understand. Uh, like his yes. name is Yoshi uh-huh. without an eye. Like how? Just remember it that way. It's it's just how I read it for so long. But um, <laughs> he is what he is, and he is a good athletic tackle who is prone to bull rushing. So uh, they're an off they're a good offensive line that has some flaws, and that's what they will probably continue to be for a while. I thought it was Yash. Is it? Am I wrong? Are we sure it's Yosh? Did I actually correct myself for being right?
2: Okay, we we just go first back to first name rhymes. Rhymes with
1: Josh. That's right. So it is Yash. Okay. Um, yosh yosh
2: so the definitive thing is just go back and watch the the talking head intros because he says his name okay on, on the broadcast this do, week
1: i should do that sometime okay <laughs>
2: um yeah a lot of go, a lot of good talking head intros this week um highly recommend going back and watching those specifically jamal williams
3: I did not see them. I was freezing.
2: That's, that's your, that's everybody's, everybody's a homework for the week to go back and watch the talking head intros from the game. They are very good on both sides of the ball for both teams.
3: Jamal Williams, man. What a, what a, what a, what an awesome guy, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he
2: broke, he broke Barry Sanders touchdown record.
3: Yeah. I don't care about that. That's like Willie <laughs> Adamas breaking the shortstop home run record for the Milwaukee Brewers. No, that it what? kind of is because Barry was
1: not good at scoring touchdowns. It was one of the things he was worst at.
3: Yeah. Uh, but like just the emotion that guy brings, the joy that guy brings, we saw it with the Packers. We we saw it here with the Lions. It's it's easy to feel really good for him. I mean, obviously, <laughs> no one's going to the playoffs out of the, out of this group, but still, it's uh it's pretty cool to see him see him so happy. Yep, agreed. Everybody likes Jamal Williams,
1: so good yep. to see him and
3: win. He, you talked about hard knocks earlier the year in the year. I mean, he really gave that really emotional speech about how disappointing last season was and. I, I shit, shit this team is the team to beat Detroit next year. Like I'm sure Minnesota will still have something to say about that, but th- this is gonna be a really tough challenge going forward for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. They're they're in a good good spot.
1: Lions have done a nice job. They have a good foundation and they, they have a good good uh strong draft potential coming up too.
3: Yep, for sure, for sure. All right, we've done it all. We've read all the questions. I don't know, you guys wanna make some picks or some shit, like who's gonna win the Super Bowl? <laughs> No, nah.
1: <laughs> I think Buffalo. I actually I think I'm gonna take the Chiefs there. I think on a different level offensively, and I think it'll be against the 49ers and be kind of a boring for that reason.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be TCU Georgia. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man, that would that would be awful. Uh, I don't yeah. know,
2: man. Like a 65 to seven Super Bowl, I would love the hell out of that.
1: It used to happen a lot in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Seattle versus Denver.
3: Oh, that that was so,
2: watching that in denver territory in in the house of a denver super fan oh my god you could cut the tension with a knife and
3: spread it on toast it was delicious that is delicious <laughs> uh all right that's it i don't know i think is this is this the end of the podcast forever or at least for a few weeks forever later? what's happening here <laughs> Jay, are you leaving <laughs> us um uh, yeah well, we're out, Brooke
1: for a is while. out
2: of the country for the next
1: well, I mean, the season's comment. over. We'll probably take we'll probably take some time off. We'll probably do like a season wrap up thing at some point during the playoffs. But yeah, you know, um, we don't we don't do shows if there's nothing to talk about. So uh, that is our mo here. I do too many podcasts already. I need time off. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, a- anybody have plugs or anything else to do before we go away?
2: This offseason, I'm gonna finish that
1: goddamn VR. Game. Oh, jeez, just give it up, man. What <laughs> no,
0: are
1: you but here's doing? the thing: there's,
2: there's reason now. There's like the, the delusions of grandeur, right? The Packers are eliminated from the playoffs, so I'm gonna take take Fart McDuty to jeez. the <laughs> to the promised land. Okay, he's gonna win MVP and Super Bowl MVP in the same year. I'm gonna do it. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, by the way, some random dude found. A months old tweet where i was criticizing the game and was like come on man give them time to patch it and this is their first time blah 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 blah. and i was like no (laughs) first of all why are you searching for this ancient tweet that got like a thousand views and second of all you are the number one best-selling game on oculus me saying that the game sucks is not going to change things
3: Mm. all right what do i got here at jsonline.com you know it's it's telling how this season went that the Wisconsin Badgers had a pretty bad year and somehow still managed to be the most exciting Wisconsin football team in the winter months, in the fall and winter, given the the machinations at the head coaching level, firing their coach, not hiring Jim Leonard, getting Luke Fickle, and now they're making a ton of additions to their roster through the transfer portal. Uh, They had a couple more today as we record this, so we'll have we have a lot of that stuff at jsonline.com. I'm doing a full list, running list of the transfers, Uh, and then also Troy Vincent was added to the uh, to the College Football Hall of Fame. Former Badgers cornerback, he was inducted into the 2020. It's wild because the you they get named here in January. the The induction banquet is in freaking December. Whoa! So like that's crazy, (laughs) right? I, I don't know what what's up with that, but there's a long period of time where he'll wait before official induction, but he's in. So I made a list of all of the people in Wisconsin football, and including all the people who eventually became Green Bay Packers that are in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, it is a long list. It is a lot of names that you would not expect. Many names you've probably never heard before. Some names you maybe have. Um, I, re- I regret doing this. It was... <laughs> <laughs> uh that should be posting soon if it'll probably be posting uh, early wednesday morning so if you're hearing this it's probably uh probably already <laughs> up but uh, you're the
2: personified version of that arrested development jeff like i've made a <laughs> huge
3: mistake <laughs> yeah like you get into it it's like oh this guy played for the packers for a year so i'll write him down and i'll write this person down because they were an assistant coach for the packers and then it's like oh my god there's so many randos there's so many randos who played in the 30s and the 20s and not the 20s so much but the 30s and 40s and guys i just like oh, i do not know who these people are Never heard you know of them. like Dick Jerron, former obviously NFL head coach, but a former Packers assistant, College Football Hall of Famer. Who knew? I had no idea. Playing at Yale. He was a college. Dick Jerron went to Yale?
1: He always seems so stupid.
2: He's
3: not stupid.
2: How big big is a College Football Hall of Fame? Like
3: It is immense. (laughs) is
2: Is it really just like a hall of very
3: good? I don't well. I mean How do we tell? I mean, like when you when every person only has four to five years to really leave a mark. I don't know how you can ever have enough data to say whether they're not Hall of Very good. If you're a two-time All-American offensive guard, for example, boom, College Football Hall of Fame. (laughs) Because how could you do better than that? You can't, right? (laughs) I mean, and and it's such a weird subset because most of these people played four or five years, which obviously was much more common than it is now. But like the very greatest players in college football or in uh, the NFL today did not stay four years in college. They are not going to be College Football Hall of Famers. They barely did anything in college. So you're talking about people that are like, Kind of good in the NFL. Obviously, there's many Hall of Famers on this list too, but it's a wild, wild (laughs) list of uh, just sort of goods and has-beens. And, you know, so weird, man. Aaron Taylor, the guy who drafted by the Packers in the first round, Notre Dame offensive lineman, College Football Hall of Famer. I buy that. Was inducted in 2021. Aaron Taylor was awesome. He deserves it. Are yeah. there
2: any pro football Hall of Famers that aren't college football Hall of Famers? Oh, I'm sure oh,
3: there are tons. Oh, absolutely. Mike Webster, one off the top of my head, was is not a college football Hall of Famer uh, and is considered maybe the greatest center who ever lived. So, uh, yeah, tons and tons of guys who are not college football Hall of Famers. Who you should G- write about that. J.J. <laughs> <laughs> Watt, who we've written a lot about, his, whose career is now over. J.J. Watt, not, obviously, is somebody who played a short time, uh, did not play full four years, not a college football Hall of Famer. All right. Joe Thomas's, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, he played four years. He did. Yeah.
1: Also, yeah. JR, if the people want to hear your voice while well, we're not doing this podcast, they can hear you on a couple others.
3: That's true. We've got a point forward podcast, Milwaukee bucks podcast from the journal Sentinel that lands on Tuesdays. Didn't do one this week. Uh, just taking the week off, but uh, we'll be back. And the Milwaukee Brewers podcast, which kind of right now, micro brew is what that one is called. We, we show up every once in a while, but we will be showing up more than once in a while when the season gets rolling, which will be, you know, late February, early March. We'll start uh, start hitting, hitting, hitting the road on that one, which so, is uh, also
1: quite good. And we love Kurt as well. So
3: yes, Kurt Hogue, my, my co host, quite Kurt. awesome. And Jim Ozarski with the bucks.
1: Yeah. All right, that's
3: enough. I have nothing more. That's it.
1: All right. Um, I I wrapped up my Shepherd coverage and turned in my column, so go read that. Uh, It is draft season for me. Actually, it's time off season for me to do nothing for a while. Then it's draft season for me, so I'll have my college stats coming up soon. I already ran ROPs and I ran QBOPS, and I'm going to invent Roba, although I don't got to figure out a better name for it. That's not great. Um, But uh, there'll be football coverage, there'll be all kinds of other stuff, and we'll probably do a wrap up show sometime too. So, um, you know, I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the season. Thank you again, all for listening, for being patrons, if you're patrons, uh, for all your questions. We really do appreciate it. It's a fun time. And uh, hopefully, First, next year will be better than this year, worse. or at least more Wish interesting. <laughs> but enjoy the playoffs. I didn't feel the hurt. The world's smallest violin really needs an audience. So, if I do not find somebody, so. I'll blow up into smitheries and spew my tiny symphony All up and down a city street while trying to put my mind at ease Like finishing this melody, this feels like a necessity So this could be the death of me, or maybe just a better me Now come in with the symphonies and take a shot of Hennessy I know I'm not there mentally, but you could be the remedy So